When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have a lot of growing up to do. I realized that the other day inside my fort. Grab a jam, I swear, when it's a down of my podcast. This guy's insane, rock to bring, it's just south, as deep here I'm Smack him a gob. It's another Vieira Vault, and I got with me Brutal Brian. Hi there, Brian. Good to be back. How are you? Good to have you back. I'm doing pretty good, dude. Um, Brutal, I've known you since when? 2009, maybe? I think so, yeah. You're a young kid back then. Now you're in your 40s. Amazing how time flies. I know, right? And I think I met you in the culture room, right? Maybe at some show. No, it was at the culture room. It was uh it was my first local show ever. I was twelve years old. Wow. What show was that? It was the first made of metal show when before they were called made of metal. Do you remember who they were doing tribute to that night? It was Dio. Oh. Yeah, it I was, think Thrash or Die played that, right? Yeah. It was the first time I saw Thrash or Die. Wild. Yeah, and uh, I remember soon after you did a video on YouTube of you playing a thrash. Was it No Pose Allowed? It was No Poses Allowed. It was the only song on that demo that I could play on drums at that time. Right. You had kind of like electronic drum set back then? Yeah, but I, it was, I tried playing the other songs and they were way too fast. I was too young and too new. And now you can do them because you played them all in Columbia. Yeah, now so, it's uh, yeah, now it's, it's still pretty, pretty intense stuff though. Yeah, some of it's in challenge. Like I know fist fucking metal is very challenging. That one's crazy. I have yeah. a lot of fun playing those songs. I really do. Yeah, what? I have a lot of fun playing those songs. Yeah, it's a fun band, man. We, we're we're like the most casual, lazy motherfuckers ever, but we we kick ass. Um, but, um, I, I, I kind of think I know how you got into metal, but you confirm it for me. Was it your dad? Absolutely. Yeah. Cause you, yeah, I had a lot of conversations with your dad and your dad would tell me stories about Lamore's East and the shows he would see there, TT quick and stuff like that. So I figured, so yeah, you know, which is cool because a lot of people, you know, their dad turns them on to music and they're like, fuck that, man. I'm going to listen to Eminem. You know what I mean? But, yeah, that was never me. So no, what it, was, was, it was his record collection. Right. Did, did one band stick out more than the others uh, when you were a little kid? It's hard to say because as long as I can remember, it's always been all everyone, you know? Right. I don't. It, it was before I could even form memories. I was like, I already knew all these ba- all these bands as commonplace, you know. But uh, it was a lot of lot of ACDC, a lot of ACDC. 
Um, a lot of new wave of British heavy metal. Um, but I would say the band that made the impact on me, which really changed my life, was Anvil, because that made me want to play the drums. Oh, Rob Reinhardt. Yeah, Rob Reiner is the most underrated drummer of all time. Absolutely amazing powerhouse drummer, you know. And I owe it to him for making me want to pick up the drums in the first place. Right on, man. So um, so, so you were saying, like, before you can form a sentence, so you were hearing all this shit was when you were a toddler? Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome, man. Your dad rules, dude. Yeah, he your, does. Your dad is total metal, you know, and I always found that cool, you know, it's like, uh, here's his dad taking his young son to these concerts, and I was always like, man, who, who, is, who are these guys, you know, and uh, so then um, you formed the band, I remember the band too, it was, uh, <laughs> what was the name of the band, it was like, I know you want to be metal, but whoever the guitar player was in that band like did like black metal riffs. It Am was right? uh, Frostbite. Frostbite, that was it. I was mean, there... the, thing about the, the thing about that band, you know, it was me, some other kids from high school, you know, uh, and we, wanted, we were a thrash band. There were, I, know, I remember what song you're talking about. There was one song with a, black metal, a, a very black metal riff in it, but, uh, you know, it, it, like anybody's first band, it was just... You know, no, no structure, no, you know, it was just jamming and, you know, it was everybody's introduction to music. Right. But yeah, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. And then soon after, uh, you formed a band with me. Yeah, that was, that's what I consider to be my first real band. Yeah. Combat, which, uh, you know, a lot of people did combat, man. There's a lot of people online that. Are always harassing me for new combat and get this shit done. It was a lot of fun forming that band, but we did have, you know, some problems with a, a certain flaky guitar player. <laughs> and I'm not, and I'm not talking about Ryan. <laughs> yeah, talking, I'm talking about somebody that's definitely not listening. And he's a good guy. I have nothing bad to say about him. But man, it was just one day I said to him, "Hey, uh, you know, we haven't rehearsed in a while. This Thursday we, we booked rehearsal time." Um, uh, dude, I, I don't want to do it no more. Like, what? <laughs> and, uh, we've had some great shows, and then we had, remember, we had this one show we played where there wasn't a guitar chord for two guitar players? Remember that show? <laughs> yeah, in Hollywood. Yeah, we played Hollywood, and I believe it was Damien on stage air guitar while Ryan was plugged in. Yep. That was insane. Uh, but we did release an EP, and it's there's it's still out there, right? Uh, is it, is it on Bandcamp? No, it's on Store Envy. All right, we're gonna have to add that link. You're gonna have to send me that link. Maybe yeah. I'll uh, maybe I'll I'll put the Combat CD up on the Midnight Spell Bandcamp or something. All right. Well, either way, you know, by the time this airs, check that link below. That's where you can get the Combat. EP, it's I highly recommend it. And we have a lot of other songs. I think we have the best song called Dismay that hasn't been recorded yet that needs to be done. And, you know, after the pandemic, after Thrasher Die, I mean I me and Brian talk, man. We wanna get we wanna get that combat out there eventually. 
you know. Don't know how long it's going to take. We do have to find some new players. Hopefully we can get Rich. You don't know what's up with Rich, do you? Rich is playing in a country band. <laughs> That's right. You showed me a picture. It's like a bunch of old dudes in him, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he's a great bass player. He is a, a tremendous talent for sure. Yeah. And he's a good guy too. And uh, yeah, we just got to find some guitar players, which shit, I can open the door right now and throw a rock out the window and hit a guitar player. It's drummers and bass players are the hardest to find. And of course, I mean, extremely hard to find a singer as good as me. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, all right. So then you formed that. And then, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, after that, you formed a band with Ingve Sun, or was there anything before that? No, it was that was uh, the next the next band from Combat. Um, it was a band called. Well, we went through a few different incarnations. Um, we were originally known as Prophet. Then we became. We, we kind of became a few different things. Like we, I think the band kind of had a bit of an identity crisis. Yeah. Uh, but we ended up, you know kind of becoming like a old school sounding 70s style hard rock band mm-hmm. uh, called Wool. That's the one I saw. Wool. Yeah. And we played a few shows here and there. Um, never quite got the band off the ground. You know, uh, I think we were on different pages at the time, you know, the ma- the members and uh, we could never really quite make it stick. So that kind of, faded away but uh i am jamming with him again and oh you are yeah so maybe something will come of that hopefully in the future because he is uh an absolutely amazing guitar player you know he's Ingve's son but he doesn't play like Ingve. no he, he, he has his own style yeah he, he's definitely his own his own person and his own identity and uh very, very, very talented, and I'm very fortunate to be able to play with him. Great voice, too, man. Yeah, he's he doesn't he doesn't sing in this new band, but uh, he 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 can really he can really sing too. Well, that is unfortunate because when I saw you guys play live, he sang Stormbringer, so good. Yeah, and I was so impressed with his voice, and. Um, He's a good guy, man. I like Antonio. He's a nice, he's a nice person. And um, and then, because I I figure because your association with him, you ended up playing with his dad, Ingve. No, I, I wouldn't say it was because of the association with him so much. Um, it was more the fact that I knew uh, his Nick? keyboard player, Nick. Right. But they needed a drummer last minute at one point in 2018, and um, I got a. I guess I was an easy, obvious choice. You know who could come, who could step in, and uh, so I, I filled in for what was supposed to be one show because the drummer Mark had a had an injury and and was uh, couldn't play for a while. I was only ever supposed to do that one show, but uh, I just started playing. I did that one show, and then they asked me to come back, and here we are over two years later. 
Yeah, and you've toured the world. You you played like China, right? Yeah, it's, we played uh, China, Israel, um, Malaysia. Damn. I, I, I don't even know. There's a lot of places, man. A lot of places. Mexico, I know. Mm-hmm. Too many to keep track of. So how, how nerve-wracking was it when you first started playing with them? You know, I had known, I had known Ingve loosely, you know, just because I, I, I knew uh, his son. So I, I didn't think it would be that crazy. You know, I was already used to seeing him. And I had actually toured with him before as uh, his merch guy. That's right. Yeah. Um, sure. So he and I, he and I already knew each other. You know, and um, but I, I got to say, the moment I stepped on stage when it was showtime, and I I looked in front of me, and and there's Ingve. You know, nothing prepares you for that. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking about when I asked that question. It's like, how nerve wracking, like, you know, that first show. Yeah, and, I mean, and we didn't we didn't rehearse either. It was very uh, very last minute thing. Really. Mm-hmm. Did do you guys ever rehearse? Not really, no. Not uh, like maybe sound check. Yeah, that's about it. Huh. So when Ingve says, "Look, this is a set list. You got to go and listen to those records and play like the records." Not, I mean, that's the only way you can learn them, right? Yeah, pretty much. But I mean, I'm pretty familiar with uh, you know most of it by this point. Right. So, yeah, so, uh, oh, um, so, Ing, no, but there was a band before Ingve, um, Hellwitch. Of course, yeah. Hellwitch, uh, for those that don't know, I mean, this is like a very, very historic band. And I think they're way ahead of t- their time, because uh, the first time I ever heard of Hellwitch was when I saw them open for Anthrax in 85, 86. I didn't know who these guys were. I went to go see Anthrax. And then I see this band. And I was like, what the fuck? I mean, this is like predates really death metal. And but they had that. And I wouldn't I mean, it borders on death metal the vocals, but it's it's more musically like brutal and very I mean, honestly, dude, I always considered you a a killer kick ass drummer, but I think Playing Joe Witch's part like took you to the next level. Would you agree? I would agree. Yeah, because because that music is very hard to play. I mean, I could just tell by being a, a, a an audience member. And what what those guys do is like extremely tight, extremely complex, and very fast. You know, fast is and, right. Fast is right. And did it take you a long time to catch up or? Or, you know, did you get it right away? Uh, well, they first contacted me to come try out for them when I was 18. Mm-hmm. And it was, I, I mean, when they first contacted me, I was like, I can't play that, but I can try. <laughs> you know, I, I said, give me two weeks. And I'll I'll get familiar with you know a few song like five songs, and uh, 
I'll give it a shot. And they later told me that uh, when I told them I would I would learn five songs, they just said okay, but you know secretly they were laughing like that. There's no way because uh, you know everybody everybody says stuff like that, but almost nobody actually you know follows through. Right. And you know I walked in and I, I started playing, and obviously I didn't nail them perfectly. But, you know, I, I had the structures down and, you know, I was able to get through like four or five songs and, uh, you know, not at full speed or, you know, with everything completely ironed out, but I could get through them start to finish. And uh, it just kind of progressed from there. Well, and you guys did uh, you guys did a lot of touring, right? Uh well they were definitely my introduction to touring. Uh we we never toured quite as much as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. You know cuz as long as I can remember, you know, I this is what I wanted to do with my life, you know, was play play music and record and tour and you know just repeat that cycle. Um but you know they're they're an older band and you know they all have lives outside of the band, right. you know. And so whenever I, I tried organizing, you know, bigger things, it was logistically really hard to organize. But we did we did uh, a good amount of a good amount of touring. Nothing out of the United States, but uh, you know, it was my first introduction to the road for sure. Yeah, and uh, so, okay, so, but did you guys tour out of the States? I mean, out of the, yeah, out of America? No, no, it was oh, just okay. it was just the United States. Um, we did a lot of East Coast stuff. We did stuff in Texas, um, some of the, some Midwestern stuff. Um, finally, later on, uh, in 2018... We got something lined up to play in uh, Malaysia. Wow. And I was like, finally, something out of the United States. And then that's when I got I got the call that um, uh, to play Inve. for Inve. Right. And I was stuck with a pretty difficult choice right there, you know. I mean, I had I, been extremely dedicated to Hellwitch, you know, up to that point. And, but, you know, I, I, at one point it became a question of, you know, what's, you know, going to hopefully further my career, right. you know. And uh, I, it just became a chance I had to take, you know. So, unfortunately, I didn't get to go out of the States with Hellwitch ever. Maybe one day we will. Uh, the band's not really active right now, unfortunately, but, you know, hopefully one day we'll be back and uh, hopefully be stronger than ever. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you may have joined Ingve, but you still were in Hellwitch. Yes. You know, at the same yeah. time. And, shit, at one time you were in Hellwitch, Ingve, and Thrasher Die. <laughs> yeah, uh, sometimes I don't know when to say no. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, not to I like to play, man. What can I say? Yeah, I know, and uh, and uh, I have to bring this up because of my huge ego. I mean, Thrasher Die has always been a band that you've loved. Yeah, that that was also like, how could I say no? You know, 
That was, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, you were in the talks of, I never told you this. I probably told you this later on. But when we had, remember Mini Thrash, right? The guitar player in Thrash or Die. He, when he was in the band, uh, I think it was before Marquez and after Caesar, I brought you up. I said, um, you know, because many thrash, our guitar player was like seventeen. You were like sixteen, seventeen at the time, mm-hmm. and I and I told you know Willie, I said, dude, we got we should get Brian Brian Wilson, and Willie said, dude, are we a band or a daycare center? <laughs> <laughs> I love that story. So, so that's why that's it fell through. But now that he's not in the band anymore, it was easy to bring you bring you right in, and uh, that was a very um, awkward time when you joined us. Because uh, oh, I don't even remember how it transpired, but we had to play Columbia for yeah. some reason or another. And Marquez, I believe, either had health issues or something. And I remember uh, Marquez was against it. Like, no, you guys ain't playing Columbia. And the promoter was going to lose a lot of money. And he was, like, coming down on us. And then uh, Marquez called me one night yelling, going, do Columbia with Brian Wilson. I don't give a fuck. Do it. Do it. I'm sick of this shit. Just do it. I go, okay. So I got a hold of the promoter, and I said, uh, okay, we can do it now. And then the promoter announced it, and the next day Alex yelled at me. What the fuck, man? I go, you gave me the permission. And then he said, yeah, but I was drunk. I was like, hey, man, <laughs> whatever. And uh, we did talk uh, in depth about it, if you want to listen to an earlier episode where we had all the thrasher die on, but man, it was such a fun time in Columbia. But there was one thing that was really horrible about it was uh, you got really sick. Oh yeah. Uh, was it claustrophobia or? No, no, no. It was it was uh, car sickness. Yeah. And, you know, and and yeah. I was I had never been out of the country before that point. That was my first time, and. Um, Nothing would have could have prepared me for the roads in Colombia. Beautiful country, but yeah. man, those roads, nonstop twisting and turning through those mountains. Yeah, and remember, we went and we stopped in the mountain to eat and some little shack that was like you know serving food. And remember, yeah. when we were eating there, like cars were zooming like inches from the place where we were sitting. Yeah, you know, I know. Yeah, this thing was like. Right on the road. I mean, anybody could have crashed right into us. It was a wacky-ass country, man. And yeah. we, d- we did play a show before the festival, which was uh, Mount Negro or some shit like that. Which is kind Negro. of unique. Rio Negro, that was it. And, uh, you know, maybe 30, 40 people. And, you know, just to warm up. Because we didn't, we, we, I think we only played one show at Churchill's. Before we went to Columbia, and uh, never, I never played, but not with not with me. Oh, that's right. Marquez played that show because that's when Pucci and Gio joined the band. We only played one show, but your first show was with us was in Columbia. Yeah, and I so we, we prepared to. We had two weeks to prepare, so we did practice a lot. I take it. Yeah, right on. And then, man, oh, oh man, I got to bring this up about Brian. Uh, when we got to the show, that band Gilman, um, 
what was it again? You were the one that told the promoter, I want my setup like this, right? Yeah. And then Gilman said, I want I want that setup or something, right? They were gonna no, fuck us. No, we I was asked to, you know, provide a, a drum rider with my specs. You right. know, and I see a drum set, you know, there were the band before us was playing, and underneath the drum riser I see the exactly what I asked for. Right. And I assume it's mine because it's exactly what I, you know, preferred. And I provided the list. And then I was told Gilman came in beforehand and claimed it and said no one else can touch it. And that didn't that didn't quite sit well with me. Oh, I remember you were screaming at the promoter, this is bullshit. <laughs> you ain't this ain't professional or some shit like that. Well, yeah, but it no, was. You had every right to, though. Yeah, I know, but I guess Gilman were were headlining above us, but you know, still, it wasn't it wasn't right of them to do that. And uh, what they had provided me with was nowhere near, you know, the same quality. And I I, I said at least give me some things off of that drum set, you know, and they 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 met me with that and then and then when uh when gilman was playing i was watching them and they were kicking ass i have to admit they were amazing yeah they were good um in between one of the songs i you know they're speaking in spanish and i don't speak spanish but i do understand some words and i i heard uh baterista del thrasher die which I know is the drummer of Thrasher Die, and they said so. They said something about me. What it is, I'll never know. But they yeah. said something about me. I remember when that happened. You came up to me and asked me, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, I wasn't paying attention." You know, I didn't. I wasn't listening to what he was saying. But um, yeah, it was he very. Us, and he made us late too. Remember, we waited in that van for what, like forty minutes? Yeah, for him to come downstairs, which was bullshit. And uh, it was very, I mean, the guy was total prima donna asshole. And, uh, but, you know, all in all, we did a great set, you know. Yeah, it came out great, for sure. And I prepared it where I had the intro is going to be the Jaws music, and I had the intro to Zombie Assault, an intro to, you know, whatever. And I, the way I planned it was I was going to have the, the iPod with all the intros on the amp, and I go behind the amp, I press the button, but they couldn't do it. So I had to have the iPod in front of me, like right on the mic stand, like on the floor. And I remember there was, <laughs> I remember during the set while I'm talking, I stepped on it by accident, and, yeah. and, the, and the iPod went on saying something. And I was like, oops, and I got down, I turned it off. And then there were certain parts of the song, like when we were in the song, I would like act like, you know, I would fall to the ground on my knees. But really, it was the cue in the iPod. It was such a bobo thing, but it didn't really <laughs> catch on, you know? But, yeah, I was my own sound guy. And, I mean, there was a lot of disastrous, like, you know, uh, stuff that could have happened, but it ended up not happening. Because, you know, the setup with your drums, the setup with my iPod, you know, it was just all these, you know, like roadblocks we had. And yet we did a blistering set. It was amazing i mean it was like eight thousand people right there was so many people there yeah there were a lot of people 
And, I mean, was that the biggest crowd, or did you play for bigger crowds with Ingve at some point? Um, it's hard to say, honestly, at this point. Uh, I definitely have played to crowds of that size with Ingve, though. Oh, okay. But, uh, but it was, I mean, it was a rush that I'll never forget. And, I mean, we did have some hard times in Columbia, but overall, you know, it ended up going fine, you know, I mean. And, you know, not to, you know, bring up, like, past members because I respect them all, but that lineup that played Columbia was the most drama-free fucking lineup. It was weird, you know, being anywhere with Thrash and I with no problems. I mean, internal with the band because we all really did get along. Nobody nobody was bitching about nothing and, you know, and uh, everything just ran fine. It was just... I thought, I thought it, I mean, with, you know, you getting sick and all that shit, that was external, you know, but yeah. everything within the band, we really did click and dude, I, I can't wait to work on the next album. I mean, you don't know this, but I have four songs already for the next album. And I was just talking to Dan today, which by the way, um, next week <laughs> being released next week, it's, it's been worked on since 2012. The No Pose Allowed cartoon comes out next week. You know, uh, I was thinking about that the other day. Yes. It co- I just spoke with Dan like three hours ago. And, man, he was telling me, because the, uh, the beginning of the video is Jason. You know, you're the guy you played with in NGM. Mm-hmm. And Dan was telling me, dude, he's a little kid. <laughs> you know, he's a little kid in this video drawing on his desk. And then the drawing turns into the video zooms in on the paper and you know i i've had clips of that cartoon for years but it's actually done uh there's just a little minor things dan told me that he said it's going to be done this weekend it's finally going to be released but um i don't even know why i brought that up but yeah there's finally going to be that cartoons coming out uh next week which features the original lineup in cartoon form uh yeah we're very we're very um crazy band but i look forward to you know i mean and you know how i am brian i'm i'm kind of like dude i know your dreams and i know what you have with midnight spell i know what you have with with ingve and and Hellwitch and all this shit that i try to make that your priority i want thrasher die to be dude join us to keep your chops up you know what i mean um, like when the album finally comes out, fuck touring, man. We'll tour when you can, you know, when any, everybody in the band can, you know, cause, uh, my, my whole thing with Thrasher Die is, uh, you know, it's more of a labor of love. It's not a, you know, career thing. Cause my career's, you know, I'm, I'm already retired. You know, I get a pension check every month. So I, it doesn't really matter to me, but I do want to continue Thrasher Die. I, I, you know, in a way, I just want this to be the last album. I want three albums you know, the most. And and I'm really glad, dude. I'm really proud to have you in the band, you know, in, with all your credentials and shit. You know, I, I thank you for putting in your time to be part of this, you know? Well, you're too kind, Ralph. Well, it's the truth, man. I mean, uh, and, you know, we've, we, 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 uh, we've been through a lot, dude. We had combat and we had the Columbia gig and, you know, and I know, and I know all the hard work you put into your stuff and, there's no way I want to interfere in it. 
you know, I want you to do your thing, but at the same time, you know, it, I want a Thrasher Die album with Brutal, Brutal Brian on drums, you know. I mean, that would be the ultimate. And I, and I think it would cap off, you know, this band. And, and I have a feeling, man, I have a gut feeling it's going to be the best album yet, especially with the songs I got. You know, I mean, I have some really cool ideas. And eventually a combat album, you know? It would be fucking awesome. So so you have like uh you've got you've made some friends being on the road, right? Yeah, you know, like some cool band like I know one of them's Night Demon. Yeah, and, I know as a Night Demon. Oh, and fuck, how could I forget this? You were the drummer for Enforcer on the tour, on their yeah. last tour. Now tell us how that happened. Uh you know, it happened just like anything else. You know, one day you get you get a message or a phone call and say, "Can you play drums for for this band?" And one day Olaf uh, sent me a message and asked if I'd be interested. And uh, he, I was like, "Of course," you know. And and I think he knows, you know. And as a lot of people who know me also know that Enforcer is like pretty much my favorite band. I knew I knew that before you were with them, so that's why I'm saying you must have at least like gave my heads up, right? Uh I mean I already knew I already knew Olaf before that. Oh okay. Um you know and he I think he he knew how how big of a fan that I was, you know, it definitely was no secret. Um but yeah, you know, when I got I got that message one day, I was like, oh, I there's no saying no to this one, you know. Right. And it, and it it was actually a, an incredible case of the the planets aligning, you know, in my favor too, which never happens. Um, they, you know, it's really hard to commit to something months in advance because, uh, you know, Ingve Ingve, you know, likes to book things, which is you know fine you know and uh so it, it's it's always hard you know committing to something you know because you always have the chance that Ingve could book something and I, I i can't say no to that you know yeah I'm, I'm obligated to do that and he you know he he contacted me like eight months in advance and uh there was another drummer or something that was gonna do it or something and uh Right before the tour, uh, that tour happened, he contacted me again saying, you know, the other drummer fell through, and uh, so the door's open for you if you want to do it. And I'm like, well, shit, I got to do a, a tour with Ingve at the same time. Oh. And it, had, it hadn't been announced yet, though. And then that tour ended up falling through oh man that's awesome and i didn't know this and that's how as as i said the planets aligned and it left me wide open to do the enforcer tour and i still look back on that was over a year ago now at this point which is insane to think about but you know that's a very very fond memory for me you know and uh, i was supposed to do some more stuff with them over in uh in finland uh, and right before the pandemic hit, I almost if 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 it was a week later that the the travel ban hit, I would have been stuck in Sweden. Oh, you got lucky! But you uh, would have been stuck in Sweden and not been able to play any gigs. 
Yeah, yeah. So, but I, I hope, I'm sure one, one of these days we'll do something together again as well, you know. But I, I have to say, you know, it, it just felt right playing those songs, you know. And, and I I was lucky that you guys got to play down here. And uh, where's O'Malley's located at? Margate. Yeah, you guys. Minutes from my house. Yeah, look at that. 15 minutes from your house and about two days from my house with drugs. <laughs> no, but, you know, it was such a a, a great time on, on the road, you know, playing with them. And it, it goes back to, you know, I, I saw them first. You know, I discovered them when I was about 18 years old. And it was when I discovered them that, you know, planted the seeds in my head, you know, for what I wanted to have in a band. And here we are years later. And I have Midnight Spell, which, you know, I can't lie. You know, I don't, not that I think we sound like Enforcer, you know. Uh, I don't really want to sound like any one band or any band for that matter. I want to sound like us. Right. And you, you know? do. But you everybody, do have your own sound. But everyone has their influences for sure. You know, there's no denying that. It's how you take those influences and manifest them, I think, you know, that sets you apart from other bands and, uh, but, you know, I, I have to say Enforcer is definitely the main inspiration, at least for how I do what I do, you know. Yeah. And so to actually be asked to come in and play for them, even just filling in live, you know, is incredibly special to me. So That's awesome. Any of those shows when you toured with them, did you end up with like a soundboard of any of those shows? I did actually. I have a few of them. Nice. That's awesome, man. I don't uh, know if they'll ever be released, but I I do have them. That's great. You got your you you toured with your favorite band and you have some some soundboard. Not not a lot of people can say that, Brian. You know. Yeah. And, I'm, uh, I'm very grateful for that. No, nah, and it must feel really good, like because you know the scene down here. Man, I remember when all that shit was happening. Everybody down here was so proud of you, you know, because they all knew. You know, how much you loved Enforcer, you know? I mean, it was a, you know, Ingve's, you know, such a bigger, you know, artist. He's historic. He's a legacy act. But I think more people were impressed with you being in, in Enforcer than Ingve, you know? And uh, I got to see you with Ingve once. Um, what was the name of that theater in front of uh, Radioactive Records? Um, oh, you know what I'm talking about? The fucking... Yeah, I know. Uh, I saw I that show. I can't think of the name either. It's in Fort. It's in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, and played your ships are burned. I remember that. That yeah. was awesome. I love that. Uh, yeah, and 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 you love play. I mean, Ingve's fun to to play, right? All that music. Oh, of course, it's a blast. Yeah, I mean, how how could you not enjoy that? You know, Ingve's a legend. Right. You know, I, I grew up with his records just as much as anybody else. You know, just as much as any other band I grew up with. So, you know, it's an honor to be able to play those songs as well with him. So, so you were you were booked to play just one show with Ingve. Then what happened? They said, hey, look, we're going back out. Is that how it happened? Um, well, I, I think the, uh, the drummer before me, his injury ended up being more severe, and he was out of commission for longer than expected. And then I was told we got more stuff booked, you know, so... So 
I, I don't even remember being asked if I wanted to do it. I just remember doing the one show, agreeing to that, and then like a week later being given basically a, 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 an itinerary and, and said, this is where we're going. See you at the airport or something like that. Wow. And I'm like, okay, now you're speaking my language. <laughs> and two years later, you're still, well, before the pandemic, you were still, even like briefly before, the, oh no, you were doing the Enforcer, right? Uh, before the pandemic or were you still no, doing? No, 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 the Enforcer was in 2019. Okay. The, uh, this... the last show I played before the pandemic was in March. It was in Mexico and it was with Ingve. Right. That's, that's, you know, it's, it's a really wild story, man. I mean, you, and now you got your own band, your own project, which you must be like the most proud of. Uh, I am, I am, I am very, very, very proud of Midnight Spell. You know, I mean, obviously I look as, at playing with Ingve and playing with Enforcer and even playing with Hell Witch is, you know, huge accomplishments for me. You know, I hold all those experiences very, very close to my heart, but um in midnight spell i built from the ground up you know and it, it was my vision you know it sounds exactly how i i want always wanted a band to sound you know and so you know i i think i am more proud of midnight spell than anything else you know for obvious reasons right just because that's you know my my it's theme. your baby it's your baby and next week brian will join us on the VR Vault, where we talk about our top 10 um, New Wave of British Heavy Metal bands. And plus, by next week, it'll be released because it's coming out on the 8th of January. Am I correct? You're correct. On Iron Oxide Records, the album's called Sky Destroyer. Yeah, and we'll get more into that about that next week. And uh, and we'll promote the hell out of it. And you guys need to hear this. You know, we're gonna we're gonna play you something from it next week. And uh, but uh, and there is there is a, a single out on YouTube right now. There's a music video. It's called Lady of the Moonlight. So check that out too. Check out Lady of the Moonlight. It's a great video and uh, really well done by our our good buddy Chris Briggs. Right. Yep. He directed it and did all the. Uh, all the the setups and shit for that. He filmed, directed, edited. Some of it's in a graveyard, right? Uh, no, it was like uh woodsy kind of area. Right, it kind of has like from a graveyard. Oh, it's across. Yeah, I know it had that graveyard uh, feel to yeah. it. I guess it's supposed to be hell. You know. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's really well made. It's a really cool song. So check that out. It's up on YouTube right now. And join us next week where you can order it because I'm going to have a link down. Uh, but for now, um, I don't know. If there's anything, is there anything we should put up a, a link for on this episode? Anything you'd like to promote that, that's out there? Uh, by, by then I should have um, pre-order links. Okay. All right, so we'll have some pre-orders. We have some pre-orders in the links below. And um, it's been awesome having you, bro. So join us next week when we talk about our top 10 new wave of British heavy metal. That's a very 
I mean, is that like your favorite form of metal, the new wave of British heavy metal stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's what I grew up with for sure. You know, more growing up, you know, that that's that was a very, very big presence in what I listened to, you know, and definitely had the most influence on me. Right on. And uh, you are a touring dog. You do, you tour a lot with Ingve, uh, and you did – man, you did what, – what did you do in Enforcer? Was it just a U.S. Uh, tour? It was just a U.S. tour, but, man, it was 50-plus shows with no days off. Wow. That was amazing. And it was amazing when I saw you guys. It was uh, such a blistering set. And was that toward the end of the tour when I saw you guys? We still had two weeks left after that. Wow. <laughs> But it was cool. It was a great show, a uh, great time. And, uh, you know, check out Enforcer if you've never heard of them. Check out what's uh, Brutal Brian's favorite band. Uh, it's good shit, man. And uh, so, dude, I mean, thank you so much for being part of the Air Vault. And uh, we're, we'll be here next week, man, to fucking talk about the new wave of British heavy metal and more details about Sky Destroyer from Midnight Spell that you guys need to check out. Check out that video, and they also have on YouTube the EP, right? Yes, you can hear it. It's it's a demo, EP, whatever you want to call it. And you can get it. We'll have a link below where you can order that as well. Yes, uh, on our band Very awesome EP. And, uh, dude, I'm proud of you, bro. You did it, man. You fucking Thanks, did bro. it. And you got, you, got, you got on a label. I mean, that's mind-blowing, you know? That's some great shit. And it's coming out on cassette, I believe, vinyl and CD. Yep. All of it. So pre-order it now, man. It's in the links below. Trust me. I've had it for a while now. Brian sent it to me like a few months ago, and I've been sitting on it. And I haven't played it on my radio show or none. I've just been playing it in my car. I dumped it in my iPod. And, I, 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 man, that album smokes. It's definitely, and I'm on it. I do some backing vocals on some of the Yep. Tracks. If you turn over the back of the album, it'll say additional vocals by Dr. Fuck. Does it really? Yep. Oh, shit, dude. That's awesome. Now I can sign it, too. Yep. <laughs> All right, Brian. Well, dude, it's been an honor, man. And uh, join me next week, dude, when we talk about the new wave of British heavy metal. Awesome. Thanks for having me. No problem, dude. Anytime. And smack him a gob, Ryan. Smack him a gob, Ralph. Hell yeah, Brutal Brian. Be sure to join us next week when we talk about our top 10 new wave of British heavy metal albums. It's been already recorded, and it's awesome. Like Brutal Brian. Guy rules. All right, everybody. You want to hear some of the stuff me and Brian has done in the past musically? Then you're going to want to follow me into the Vieira Vault. This week in the Vieira Vault, I'm playing something from me and Brian's band, Combat. It's a song called Perfect Enemy, and I'll give you a little backstory on the lyrics to the song. I wrote these lyrics at the same time I was being stalked by an insane baby daddy. From a girl I was dating, the baby daddy went so far as to actually get on somebody's balcony across from me and spy on us from a balcony from a building next door. Now, I don't know how he got in that building. If he knew the, must have known the people. 
But yeah, he said Batman was in the in the balcony, which was our little dog at the time. You know, he liked being out there, and he would just look at us. Very strange, dude. And there's a lot more involved in the story. I mean, the guy was a complete and utter pickle whistler. And, uh, but I'm no longer with the baby mama. So, hey, I got to hand it to him. He lasted, he had a baby with that psycho. (laughs) But I don't talk bad about my ex-girlfriends. Even though I just did now, I wish her the best. But whatever. She's all right. But this guy's a douche, and I wrote this song about him. It's called Perfect Enemy. got to get that back together. If you want to order your EP, and let me tell you something, I don't think this will ever be repressed, so if you want to get it, the link is below. Get yourself a copy, and you can also get a shirt, some other stuff there, it's, you know, a little merch store. I think we have two or three things for sale, 
And believe me, if you like what you just heard, which I know you did, I mean, how can't you? You're going to want to get this uh, EP now. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Don't forget, next week, here on the Vieira Vault, Brutal Brian joins me as we talk about the top 10 New Wave of British Heavy Metal albums. And plus, by next week, by the time you're hearing this, Sky Destroyer from Midnight Spell will be out. And I'll have pre-order links for that. So you're going to want to have to get that. I told Brutal, I don't want no freebie. I'm buying it myself. And I'm going to pre-order that vinyl. Once that pre-order goes, ah, this episode, I recorded a little earlier. It's still 2020 over here. December, but it's going to air. This one's going to air the week before uh, Sky Destroyer comes out from Midnight Spell. And... Next week, it'll be out already. So, order it and order the comp shit. Order it all. Fuck it. I mean, there's nothing like physical copies. Am I right, people? I mean, are anybody out there, you just download shit and you don't buy stuff and you get stuff for free? Stop listening to me. Hey, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Especially if you're listening to me right now. You rule, man. Whether you buy physical copies or you're a fucking scumbag thief. I still love you. And uh, again, thanks to everybody who shared. Damn, I haven't checked the iTunes reviews. But soon I'll be doing something different. I'm going to be talking about comments on the YouTube videos and other places because I I realize a lot of people uh, are sending comments to iTunes and it's not airing it because I've gotten already three people telling me, man, I, I keep trying to leave a comment. It won't let me. So, hey, man, leave it on YouTube on a certain episode. I mean, it has to be a recent episode because I'm not going to go back and look at all the old episodes. I'm going to start doing that, reading your name on the air and showing my appreciation and the deep love I have for you. Swear. Even if you were... Hey, look, I'll put it this way. I love you all so much that if I was a girl, no, I still wouldn't have sex with you, but I'd hook you up with my hot lesbian girlfriend. Grrr. Thank you for listening, everybody. Schmack-a-ma-gob.